I'm Christy Hemingway, host of Ed Curation, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another great episode of My EdTech Life. I am excited to be here with you all this morning, and thank you, most importantly as well, for making us part of your day, wherever in the world you may be, whether it's morning, it may be evening, or you may be well into Sunday. I appreciate all of your support, and as always, from the bottom of my heart, like I always say, thank you, thank you, thank you for making Maya Tech Life what it is today. And I am excited for today's episode. As you know, the school year is right around the corner. And let's say that maybe for a lot of us, this last school year was something that was very rough. We've encountered a lot coming from actually going from brick and mortar to virtual and then from virtual back to brick and mortar. And what I love to do is I love to get everybody's different takes and perspectives, everybody from leadership to ed tech integrationists. We've got coaches, but today we definitely have not show average principal here with us today. And that's a play on words for, because we have Ashley Markham who is joining us this morning. And she is an administrator out of Michigan who has a great, great page on TikTok. And that is how I contacted her because of the work that she's doing. And I love her different take that she has on administration and of course, teacher support. And that's something that is very crucial and important. So thank you all for joining us this morning. And Ashley, thank you so much for being here on the show. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Well, yes, I'm really excited. And like I mentioned, you know, getting on TikTok and I guess a late bloomer into the TikTok game because I was like, eh. But then I started seeing just some amazing educators that, you know, prefer that platform over others. And I'm glad that I did come into this platform because there are wonderful administrators such as yourself, Mm -hmm. teachers, coaches, education, education professionals that I love their take on education, their perspectives, and the fact that they feel that they have a voice here. And we definitely want those voices to be heard in our buildings as well. But before we get into that, Ashley, for all our audience members that are joining us this beautiful morning or Mm -hmm. or evening uh, that may not be familiar with you and your work, can you give us a brief introduction and what your context in education is? Yeah, so um, I was a special education principal or teacher, sorry, special education teacher for 15 years. Um, I knew from a very early age that I wanted to be a teacher. And then um, from middle school through high school, I was a teacher's assistant um, in various special education classes. So I knew right away that that's what I wanted to do to be a special ed teacher. And so I did that. Um, My first year teaching uh, is what drove me into wanting to be an administrator um, because my first year teaching, I was fired. (laughs) I was forced to resign. um, And it, it really was not all my fault. 
first year teachers, let's be real, we don't really know what we're doing and that's okay. Um, that's why you need to have good leadership, good support, good mentor teachers. And, and I just wasn't afforded that. And so um, that was disheartening. And I was really made to feel that I should not be a teacher at all. Um, and that's what, to me, what what's so sad. Uh, and because I did go on to be a very successful special education teacher for 14 more years after that. Um, and so that's kind of getting uh, my, that forced resignation my first year. Um, that whole story is just insane um, of everything that happened to me. But that's what, you know, really turned me on into the, the world of leadership and, and how I could help or make sure if I ever had that opportunity that that never happened to another educator. Um, I was told that first year that I should not, literally from my admin, that I shouldn't have gone into education. Maybe teaching just isn't for you. Um, and so that was very disheartening, especially after I had spent, you know, um, $65,000 on, you know, a, a degree in education. So I just took that and um, immediately went into that mindset of how can I help other educators? Um, and I did that for 15 years in teaching special education. I always said that um, my job was to make the lives of a gen ed teacher easier and not more difficult um, because gen ed teachers, special ed teachers, we all have a hard job. Um, and I didn't want the stigma of having my special education students um, be what some people would consider a burden in the gen ed classroom. I, I was there to support those teachers. Um, and so it started out, um, my, I guess you could say teacher leadership started from being a special ed teacher um, and really supporting my gen ed teachers and helping them. Um, and I always said that I have a, a tool belt and I have different tools in my tool belt um, as a special ed teacher. And, and I love to be able to use those tools and to show gen ed teachers um, that, you know, we can all work together and be inclusive for everyone. And so then um, I started my ed leadership program. And um, from that point on, I had just really decided that that is what I want to do. I want to be an administrator so I can make a difference in the lives of teachers. And, and here I am. There you go. You know what? I, I love there's so much that you shared there that I definitely want to uh, go back and unpack a little bit more and as we continue through your education journey. But, you know, what what really sticks out, obviously, is just your experience from that first year, you know, going in and going in enthusiastic, saying this is what I want to do, pursuing this career that you paid for, that you studied for, and for somebody to just say, you know what, maybe this isn't for you. That could be very difficult and disheartening for sure. But one thing that you also said, is, and I am a very big proponent of it, and I, I don't think that districts, or maybe a lot of districts, 
may not do this well enough, and, and I'm not saying every district, I'm just saying maybe there are some districts that may not do this well enough, is the the induction of new teachers, the mentorship programs, because that was very vital for myself when I came into education, coming in from a business background, not going through a traditional college of education, not knowing theory, practices, pedagogy. It's just like, hey, you've got enough credits to be a math teacher, so we're going to put you in a math classroom. <laughs> sure. But but that was important that I had two mentors and they weren't even the mentors that were assigned to, to me. There was a, there were mentors that just felt just that urge, like you said, like, hey, I want to help a new teacher, especially somebody that's coming in from yeah. the outside. And that ha contributed so much to my passion for education more than anything that they inspired mm -hmm. me, but also the fact that the longevity in always remembering how they made me feel and the way that I want to help other teachers as well, just like the heart that I'm hearing that you have to help other teachers be successful. So sure. I, I want to go back to that moment, mm -hmm. like that first year coming in, no mentor. So what was maybe some of your biggest, uh, I guess, surprises from, you know, going transitioning from you know, the College of Education graduating and now into the classroom. What were some of the things that, whoa, I, I didn't expect this, but, you know, let's see how we can figure this out. Sure, sure. So I, um, I guess, I, I mean, I didn't know anything really. I didn't think my, my, once I got into that first year, like my college prep program did not teach me how to be a teacher, let alone a special education teacher. Like I didn't know how to write IEPs. Um, I didn't know how to do manifestation meetings. Um, I did the best that I could. There were a few special ed teachers that were um, supposed to be my mentor, but they were on their way out. Like I I don't necessarily fault them. They were retiring the following year. So they were just ready to, to get out of there. Um, but I think the thing that surprised me the most is the politics in education. Um, and I don't, I don't necessarily mean like the political climate that we're in currently. I mean, just like the things that you don't know happen in the world of education until you're in the mix, until you're in it and how teachers are treated and how we are expected to do way more than what we're paid to do. Um, and that sort of thing, just like those, those nitty gritty things that you aren't taught um, in your college ed prep program. Uh, and so that, that was like a huge, like, eye-opening experience for me. I just, I didn't, I never thought as a naive teacher that I would have an administrator that would be so poor. And how can you be so bad and be so successful in your career? You know, you are a principal of a giant middle school and you are supposed to be so successful um, from the outside looking in, but every single teacher in that building knew that that administrator was not good. Mm -hmm. And so me coming in as someone who is um, vocal and loud, can be obnoxious and expresses their opinion, um, I didn't realize that that was um, not necessarily what was okay to do um, in that situation and in that setting. So I think that was 
what uh, a lot of what was very eye-opening. I learned to have very broad shoulders <laughs> um, that school year and to um, advocate for myself and advocate for my students. There you go. And I think that's so important too. You know, the number one, I always say for teachers always, you know, you set your boundaries, know what it is that you need to do within the your job scope. And because obviously we want longevity, we want mental health. We don't want you to get sick. We don't want you to burn out. And, you know, if you're happy where you're at, you're, you're always going to come in happy. The students feed off of that. They're going to want to come into your classroom and, and it's great. And I understand what you're saying where, you know, from the outside looking in, it's like, oh, wow, like this person is amazing. Look at what they're doing. But the culture <laughs> inside is mm -hmm. very, very different. And that's what a lot of people may not see and the community may not realize. Another thing that I would love to ask about, and then we'll, we'll come back now, you know, a little bit more about this. But sure. what really stuck out is how you advocate for special education. Yeah. I have had the experiences where there are a lot of teachers in classrooms that'll be, oh, well, that's not my student. That's special mm -hmm. ed. Like they take mm -hmm. care of it. And <laughs> and so, but you're the general ed teacher. You're tier one. No, 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 they're, they're not mine. They're, you know, they're going to come pick them up and they're going to do their own thing. And I always was so disheartening and so heartbreaking mm -hmm. because there are a lot of teachers out there that do not want to support students because they may have an IEP or a 504 and they signed off on this legal document, but they're like, nah, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Like, Oh, you know what? Like I'm still going to give you the four answer choices, but instead of like giving you that F I'll just give you like the passing grade and whatever. But, mm -hmm. and, and that to me is so disheartening for and heartbreaking. And I just feel for that child because to myself, I learned when I moved to the elementary, uh, from high school to elementary, I kind of learned how to change my language rather than saying, oh, that's my kid, that's my kid. No, no, it, it's these are our kids. And when I started changing my language uh, to that, that really just made a huge, huge difference into what it is that we are doing. So tell yeah. us a little bit more about your experience with that and special ed and advocating sure. for those students. Yeah. So I always use the phrase shared custody. <laughs> we co-parent these students together. We have shared custody and we have to do what's best for the student, not what's best for ourselves, um, but what's best for the student. And what's best for the student is to have a gen ed teacher and a special ed teacher who are on the same team and can collaborate professionally and successfully. Um, and so I always prided myself in being able to build those relationships first, just like administrators want teachers to build relationships with students. Teachers need to be able to build relationships with other teachers. Um, was that always easy? Absolutely not. Did I always get along with every single teacher that I had to work with? No. And when I, um, when I became an administrator, I actually went through my years of service and um, tallied how many gen ed teachers I worked with in my 15 year career. And it was over 150. So over 150 gen ed teachers that I had to build relationships with, that I had to find a way to connect with them, to help them connect with my students. Um, and it wasn't, like I said before, it's not always easy. But if I always felt that if I was able to make those connections with teachers, um, then they would more easily be able to connect with 
my students or our students. Um, sometimes I would have teachers who, you know, generally did not like me because I would tell them straight up, like, this is it, this is a legal document and you have to follow this. But I always followed that with, um, how can I help support you? Not just support the student. How can I help support you as the gen ed teacher? What do you need from me to help you help our students? Um, and I think that that is what made me a successful special education teacher is that my gen ed teachers knew I was in their corner. I was on their side. Um, that they weren't just their student, they weren't just my student, they were our student, and I was always going to be there to support them supporting the student. Um, and I think that's that's huge. Yes, no, I agree with you 100%. That is huge. And um, I've seen it on the flip side, too, where it's more like, okay, yeah, you're here to help. Okay, go make these copies and go make these yeah. tests and do all this <laughs> other stuff. And pretty much just like, okay, you're going to go teach them the same thing or you're the, even though I may be the teacher of record you're the one that's going to be doing all the instruction for them and I'm like wow you know and and yeah. Yeah, like I said it, it does it is a problem and it does take a toll but mm -hmm. I mean we could definitely do better but yeah. let's move now forward to now all of a sudden it's like all right Ashley is principal now you know that drive to go into admin because I can tell just you know the way that you're speaking you really have that heart to support to help and to better the environment and culture around. And I've seen a lot of your uh, content that you create and I love especially the, the most recent uh, uh, content that you've been creating going into these principal groups and and it's like, wow, like it's very shocking, you know, yeah, for a lot. It, it is, it, it really is. is. <laughs> so, all right, so I just wanna know where did that story start? I know it was like, okay, I know this person or this experience did not go well, but that's mm -hmm. what drove you to be a principal. So yeah. tell us about that process and how you started. And I guess maybe your perspective and your practice, where does that come from? Sure. So, um, you know, after that first year teaching, I, I was even hindered from getting other jobs by that, those two administrators. I, I, they would call around and it was just horrible. It was like the worst experience of my life. Um, but I was thankful. I'm so grateful to have um, gotten a position in a charter school in, in Flint, Michigan. And that charter had a special ed teacher named Lola. Lola came into the profession later in life. So she was more like a, a, my mom's age um, than my age. But Lola was the one that um, helped mold and shape me into the teacher that I am today. And I had that mentor connection um, with her. We're still amazing friends, um, even with the, with the age gap. Like I, I love Lola and I appreciate her and I attest a lot of my teaching ability um, and even in leadership to Lola um, for helping me. And so I started my, um, uh, my degree in ed leadership um, with Lola uh, at that charter school. And so um, I took the time uh, between starting that um, ed leadership program to becoming a principal was 10 years. Um, the, one of the main reasons why I had to start so early was because I couldn't afford my student loans. So what, what do you do when you can't afford those loans? You just go get more and you get another degree. 
<laughs> so I did that and I, um, but I took 10 years um, to work on my leadership skills and I was able to get various leadership teacher leader positions in the different districts that I worked at. Um, my most recent and previous district, I was the head teacher, um, which basically was the, an assistant principal without the title or the pay increase. Um, but I did it because I knew that I, I was on a track and I wanted to have those experiences. So um, I was able to do discipline um, and to help my principal as basically an assistant principal. And that, that principal, um, she gave me a lot of opportunities. I did whatever leadership things I could do for her. I created our master schedule. I created our testing schedules. I was chair or head of the um, school improvement plan. Um, I did district improvement. I did everything that I could possibly do to give me experiences. Um, and so that really helped give me a broad um experience. And um, so I had a lot to bring to the table when I actually became an administrator. Uh, and in those 10 years, I did, I did many interviews, um, but I'm grateful that it took me 10 years to get that first admin job because I have all of those experiences to pull from, um, working with so many different educators and I am, I'm glad that was my journey. Um, and now I can use those experiences and help other teachers. You know, and that's one thing that I love. And, and that's one of the reasons, too, that I love your content is because, you know, just hearing your experience, it really allows you to learn so much from so many different people, so many different perspectives. And even as us, you know, continually learning and, and not stopping and being stagnant and just sticking in our box but really thinking outside the box and even sometimes going against the grain, which can be very difficult yep. because we're always looking not only just for ourselves, but I mean, you're looking for just teachers that are getting overwhelmed and they're getting, you know, so many burdens are put up on them, state testing, other mandates, you know, federal mandates, state mandates, and all that stuff that is happening. And it's so difficult for a lot of them that it's important to have leadership that is, you know, in the trenches with them, not just, you know, at their desks the whole time and not being visible and just kind of staying in their safe space, but to really go out there and check mm -hmm. the climate and see what's happening, that the decisions that are being made in that office, go follow a student around all day and see how those decisions affect your teachers and that student all day and sure. see, could we do something better or how can we improve this? Or, you know what, this is working. So I love that you bring a lot of that to the table. And so now kind of transitioning into that, into this role and in your experience now in the past, I guess we'll say the past three years, you know, going from brick and mortar to virtual and now from virtual to back to brick and mortar for yourself, what have you included in your practice to help that climate and that culture in your school to help support your teachers? What have been maybe the top three things that you've done to help support? Yeah. And, and I think, okay. So I would say getting to know my staff 100% is the best thing that any administrator can do. Getting to know them on a personal level, understanding how they work, the ins and outs of their brains, just figuring 
their personalities out. I think that was one of the, the best things I could have done to make my, um, my, me successful and my building successful. Um, so that's like number one. I want to know who you are, what your experience is, where you're coming from, who your, your spouses are, what do you, your children do? Are they in school, out of school? Do, are you a grandparent? I want to know all of that um, because that can better help me help you. Um, if I um, if I know a little bit about your life experiences, um, so getting to know my staff, huge number one. That's that's what I do, and then number two is showing appreciation every single day, in any way that I possibly can. And I didn't realize until I started TikTok and getting so many comments on my videos of negative things that have happened to teachers. Like I've had my negative experiences. My friends, teacher friends have had their negative experiences, but I guess I didn't realize how wide that spectrum is in the world of education until TikTok. Um, and so I think that my number two is showing that appreciation because teachers so often do not get that. I say three words every single day to whoever I can, whether that's in an email or face-to-face, -face, I appreciate you. If I ask my staff to do something, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for doing that. If, I don't know, if a staff helps out with a discipline thing, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And those three words go so far. It's so simple. It's so easy. And they go so far. Um, and I think that so many times teachers have such poor leadership in their lives that they hang on to every word that you speak over them. And so just having that positive affirmation that there is someone on your side in your corner that does appreciate you can go so far in building a positive climate and culture in your building. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Oh, no. Yeah, I was going to say, I think those two things, you know, it's making those connections before anything else are definitely something that is very important. And, you know, with high schools, with so many, you know, teachers and so on, you know, it could be very difficult to do those things. But I want to ask you, how do you do that at the beginning of the year or throughout the year to get to know your staff? Is there something that you do or use um, maybe just to help uh, provide some help for some principles on how to do that? All right. I think we might have frozen or I think it might have be me. Let's see what's happening here. Let me go ahead and refresh, guys. So I know we're live. Oh, there we go. Here we go. Sorry, right. about, Sorry that. about that. No, it's all good. So Ashley, okay. it's okay. Like, hey, tech happens. So my question was, you know, going back to those first two things that you said, I think they're very important, that connection, uh, knowing mm -hmm. that positive affirmation, building up. Uh, what are some ways, just before we go on to the sure. next step, um, for a principal or maybe somebody new to this chair, what is a way that you would do or that you suggest for them to be able to find out a little bit more sure. about them, the way they work? Yeah. So the first thing that I did was send out a survey to all my staff. I, I created a Google um, survey and I sent that out to all my staff in the summertime. Um, and it, it had all sorts of questions like what are, what's your favorite drinks? What's your favorite candy? What tell me about your, you know, your life. What do you want to share with me? And then after I read that, um, then I made um, half hour meetings with every single teacher before school started. And I met with them one-on-one. -on -one. 
and I would go to their classrooms in their comfortable space and I would communicate with them in their classrooms and just have a conversation about who they are, what they teach, what do they need from me, how can I best support them, um, and tell me about your summer. Just just an informal 30-minute conversation with every single teacher to get to know them. Excellent. Um, that was super easy. The next thing that I did... Um, and this is so, so simple. I wrote handwritten birthday cards, handwritten birthday cards, and it may seem juvenile, but I had so many teachers tell me I've never had a birthday card from my administrator or I've never, I've never, my birthday's never been acknowledged. That's important. So, um, those are just easy things that I could do to, um, get to know my staff and to show them that I do appreciate them. There you go. That's mm -hmm. great. The something simple. simple. Now we do simple. have a, we do have a question here from Sherry. Sherry, thank you so much for joining us. She's been great. She's been on a lot of our shows and commenting, but Sherry has a question. She says, do you make similar connections to families? So maybe let, let's talk a little bit about that. How do you reach out to families? And yeah. before you, you start with that, it's for my too that's something that's very important that mm -hmm. when we hear the term learning community oftentimes we think of just the people within our four walls and within our district buildings but to myself learning community means parents as well where parents can come in and feel comfortable and feel welcome yes. so what are some ways that you connect with parents as well sure so um when i first got this admin position my very first admin job i called every single family every family. I spent all summer and I called every family to introduce myself. And some parents were like, hi. <laughs> like they didn't really know how to, how to react to, to the principal calling them in the summer. I don't know. Were they um, like, uh, like, now, wait a minute, school hasn't even started and my kid's right, in trouble already. <laughs> right. Just like a long pause, like, uh, okay. And I'm just like, I'm just calling to introduce myself. I'm your new administrator. I'm your new principal. If there's anything I can do to help, I, I would love to be there for you and your family. So um, another thing that helps me get to know my families on a more personal level is that I do work in a small district. Um, so it is already more personable. Um, but having that initial phone call with, with all of the families, uh, I think was very helpful. And some parents shared a lot about their kids. And some parents were just like, okay, it's nice. It's nice to know who you are. And, you know, I'll see you at open house. So, um, but that set, I feel like that set me up for success. Um, the other thing that I, that I'd love to do is go to all of as much as I can, the extracurriculars. I support the band. I support athletics. I support our drama club. Um, and wherever I can be present, whenever it is, you know, it fits into, I'm also a mom and a wife, when it fits into my schedule, um, I do that as much as I possibly can. And I think it's important for the kids to know that I support them and for the families to know that I'm supporting their kid, um, even after school hours. So uh, also, I really enjoy having those parent meetings, even when parents are frustrated or upset or, you know, hitting that head on um, and not being afraid of those um, uncomfortable conversations, I think is huge um, because parents know that, you know, sure, maybe your kid did something really dumb. Maybe, maybe they got caught vaping in the bathroom, whatever it might be. Um, 
it's not just that I'm here to penalize your, your child. I am here to help support you, to help support them. Um, and so what can we do together to, to help your child be successful? And I think that's so important. Yeah, no, definitely. And see, a lot of those things I know seem like maybe for some administrators may say, oh, yeah, that, that doesn't work or anything like that. But I mean, it goes a long way, just something so simple. And, you know, I know that at least in the schools that I worked at, the, that little level that I knew that at least once a month or every now and then I'm going to get a little surprise. And, you know, we get that little break where I had an amazing principal that would come in and all of a sudden surprises coming down with a cart full of ice cream, like in the middle of the day, like she's like, Hey, everybody's getting ice cream. And man, I was just that culture there was just amazing. People were happy. Students were happy. Everybody was working together as a team. And then of course, sometimes it's like, Hey, you know, I kind of, you know, can I leave early or, you know, I've got this and sure, don't worry, we'll get you covered. I'll cover your class. You know, so those principles that are very just active and, understanding that life happens and they're trying to balance things out as well. And they've got, yes, tons of paperwork. They've got the phone calls, but they say, you know what? I want to take care of my people because they're, they're the ones that run the school. They're the ones that, you know, take care of the the students and things of that sort. And that kind of leadership really is something that I loved and, uh, you know, and admire. So when uh, principals go that little extra mile is great. And then you've got the other side where, Sometimes it's just like not visible. They're just, you know, the desk is attached to their chest right here and that's all they do. And I know that there's a lot of stuff that they need to take care of, but like you said, visibility is important. Mm -hmm. Having the community know you and you're building those connections and those bonds. And um, so, yeah, I admire you for that. That's wonderful because you have to find that balance for sure. For sure. At one point in my school year, I had a lot of issues with vaping in the bathroom. And this was before we got our vape detectors and, and that sort of thing. Um, so I took a, a table and I sat it in the middle of the hallway, <laughs> uh, right where two hallways intersected right at that T. And I did all of my work in the hallway. And for weeks, for weeks, I did that whenever I possibly could be in the hallway, unless I was having a meeting and needed to be behind closed doors. uh, My desk was stationed in the hallway and the kids knew I was there. The teachers knew I was there. Um, And, and I was just a presence and it was really eye opening to see which kids were out in the hallway all the time, which kids were using bathroom passes for every single hour um, all the time. And then uh, you know, that sort of thing. So I do think like presence is key. I want to be where the students are. And I think that should be the mentality of every administrator as much as you possibly can. I love that you said that because I've had a guest on our show and he's a podcaster too. They, they, him and uh, his name is Mike Earnshaw and he is a podcaster, punk rock classroom. So make sure you check him out with Josh Buckley, their administrators. But Mike Earnshaw is always constantly posting, you know, on social media, he's got his little cart that he mm-hmm. rolls around and he's got his laptop there, but he'll roll into classrooms. He'll be on the halls and he even has a little speaker hooked up to it that he rolls with him. So he's just, you know, present. He's bringing joy, happiness yeah. in the car line and meeting and greeting kids and, you know, building that relationship. And the mm-hmm. more that you're visible, the more familiar you are, 
the it, it just becomes like a family and really that, that's what it should be your extended family at home and so i love that you said that visibility is definitely important now ashley we're gonna just we have a comment here it's uh, from linkedin so maybe just to see your approach what you may think about this i kind of read it real quick and liliana thank you so much for posting this all the way from colombia so thank you liliana for joining us so this is what she states and let me put it on here because it is uh, rather long it says i have a teacher friend who recently got a leadership position on the day he was introduced, a member of the board made a comment in public about how he had to improve his public speaking skills, which led us with the idea that admin have their doubts about his abilities. So what piece of advice would be meaningful to teachers who become leaders despite the doubt of others? Sure, sure. So um, I guess the, the best thing that I could say to that is to know your own abilities and to be confident in that. Not everyone has to like, I'm not, I'm not your average. I am not an average um, leader. I don't have all the fancy words to say to you. Um, I am not like, do I have a lot of education? Yes, I have. My husband says I have more degrees than Fahrenheit um, as far as my, my education. Um, but I am just a a normal person. And um, I like to communicate how parents uh, and students will understand. So I'm not up here way super high in the sky in the clouds with how my communication is. Um, but I am confident in what I do and how I lead and how I present myself. Um, so I guess I would just say that just be confident in yourself and know your abilities and have confidence in that. Excellent. Thank you so much. And yeah. thank you, Amanda, also joining us. Amanda is a, a you know great fan of the show supporter. Thank you, Amanda. It says here, being connected to one another during the workday helps build climate mm -hmm. and culture authentically. I absolutely yes. agree with that. 100%. All right. So, Ashley, let's go ahead and kind of as we're kind of winding down a little mm -hmm. bit more, you know, like I said, I got onto TikTok. I'm a late bloomer in the game, but yeah. so many wonderful educators and stumbling upon your content really helps me because I'm one of those that I I aspire to for to have leadership role one day. And also really a lot of the things that you say are things that I myself have said many times, but oftentimes dismissed because it's like, nah, that'll never work or do this. And I was like, well, we've never really tried it, you know, things of that sort. However, tell us a little bit about how you got into the TikTok game and then of course the work, the work that you're doing there because it, it is a positive channel. It's not like a lot of channels that are out there that are like, oh, you need to quit. You need to do this and do that. And because I love the genuine advice that you share because it's through your experience. So tell us a little bit of how you got started with that or why you got started with that. Yeah. So I was on TikTok probably for like six months before I ever even made a video. And it was so eye-opening to see all of these educators doing their thing, like being them and doing their thing on TikTok. I loved it. And then um, I thought, you know, I can do my thing. And I didn't see a lot of administrators on there. And it, even now, if if someone does comment that they are an admin, um, they don't have videos. They don't, there's not a lot of content that they are creating, which is totally fine. Not everyone is comfortable with that sort of thing. Um, and so I thought, well, shoot, I have a lot to say. And and I, I just need an outlet. 
And so that's kind of how my TikTok came to be, was just having a place where I could express myself and perhaps help other people. Um, like I said, several times, I support teachers. And so I want to be an example to other administrators on how they can support their teachers. Um, and I don't like I try to keep it as positive as possible and uplifting as possible because, you know, education is negative a lot. Unfortunately, we are so politicized and um, the, the climate and culture of our country currently um, and, and oftentimes teachers are always the scapegoat. We are the scapegoat. Educators can be the scapegoat for um, whatever is going on in our country. And that's so frustrating. It's always, well, we're not testing enough or we're not doing enough and you're not working hard enough and you will get the summers off and that sort of thing. And so I really, my TikTok is just to kind of shine a light on the good things that are happening, how administrators can be helpful and supportive and how administrators can create a positive climate and culture. And also on the flip side, to show teachers that there are good admin out there. We are out there. You just sometimes need to find us. <laughs> yes. We are there and, and we are here to support you and to love you and to nurture you and to help you be the best teacher that you can be for our kids. Um, and so that's kind of how my TikTok came to be. Yeah. And and see, and that's what I love about it, that in, yes, we see all the ad teachers doing their own thing. And then, of course, you get that other side of TikTok where it's like, oh, I, this is why yeah. I quit my job and now I'm doing this. And but, you know, a lot of the root of that that I've seen in some of those, uh, you know, channels or some of those videos is that it, it was at one time that they got hurt by mm -hmm admin or yep. they got hurt by you know people that are in in those director spots and things of that yep. sort and or it's man, the lack of support yeah or the lack of support and so i'm just like wow you know this is this is terrible but you know then we see a channel like yours and i absolutely agree like it, it really kind of gets me thinking oftentimes gets me reflecting but in a positive way of saying you know what if i was in this kind of role or in a leadership role I would absolutely love that tip or I would absolutely love to try that because, you know, you want to, I'm all about culture. I'm all about connections. I'm all about, like you said, knowing who I am working with and to help them out and, you know, know them at that personal level where, you know, I know the way they work and how we can gel together. And that's something that's very important. So thank you so much for, for sharing that and bringing so much positivity. And of course, your own personal experience through that. And I appreciate mm -hmm. you coming on the show and sharing your story and your experiences. So, I mean, it's just been a delightful, wonderful, <laughs> I like uh, my, my cup, uh, my heart is full right now. And I, my cup of coffee is empty, but my heart is full. <laughs> so I, I just absolutely loved it. So Ashley, mm -hmm. thank you so much. But before we go, before we go, here's my one of my favorite segments, and a lot of people, yeah. their favorite segments is these last three questions for our that I always love to ask my guests. So, Ashley, question number one before we wrap up is In the current state of education, what would you say is your current edu kryptonite? Sure. So, I, I would have to say the way teachers are treated and the way that oftentimes educators are vilified in our country um, and couple that with poor administration. So we have the vilification of teachers 
um, always not doing enough and that sort of thing. And then couple that with teachers having poor administrators or unsupportive administrators. I think that would be, that's what gets my heart. That's what, um, well, that's what pushes me um, to do more and, and to, you know, educate administrators. But that also just, it, it gets me. Um, and, and I hate that teachers have to go through some of the things that they've had to go through. It's not right and it's not fair. Um, but that's why I'm here. That's why I have my TikTok to hopefully shine a light on the good. Excellent. Thank you so much, Ashley. Yeah. Question, question number two is, if you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Sure. Um, I thought really hard about this. I even Googled it. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I could have anything on a billboard, it would be um, every face of every child or educator that has lost their life um, to gun violence in schools. It would be their faces and it would be all over this country, everywhere you turned. I want to see their faces. I want everyone to remember um, them, especially those educators. Excellent. Thank you mm -hmm. so much for sharing yes. that. That's a, such a good answer. Yeah. All right. Last question. And we kind of talked a little bit about it <laughs> in the very beginning. So let's say that this was Nacho Average podcast <laughs> and you are the host and I am your guest. What would be one question you'd like to ask me? Sure. Um, just going along with my how how can I support you? I guess that would be my question. How can I support you? What can I do? What can I do support to support you and um, in, in your mission, your goal and what you're doing? Wow. Well, thank you so much. You're, you're welcome. That, that is that. Wow. That kind of like, where, where did that go? That's <laughs> awesome. No, you, really, honestly, it's just really by just visiting our website, sharing our content, because it, it seems like our mission, our, our paths are very similar. Our end goal is really, of course, for myself is student success, but also building that culture, those connections and building that PLF, that uh, personal learning family. Mm -hmm. So for you and I to just be here on this podcast is already amplifying that mission, which is to connect educators from the K through 12 space, higher ed, uh, education professionals, and even content creators um, that now we're seeing teachers being content creators as well, mm -hmm. bringing them together and just really blowing this up, the positive side of education, how we can change education, our ideas, and mainly is sometimes people have different ideas, but where is that inner, that intersecting segment that where we can all meet eye to eye and to continue to push the education needle forward. So really the support is just that keep doing what you're doing and that maybe we can collaborate later on on something else and just continue to, to have these talks and share with people that not everything that you see on the news or anything that you see in the, you know, po politics and everything is all true that we, there are genuine, authentic, wholehearted individuals such as ourselves that have a passion for education and what we do and we want just what is best 
for our students and our teachers to continue to move this country forward. And for myself, my mission is always to prepare the students for the future of work, the future of you know learning, and building those 31st century skills. I don't even say 21st anymore right. because we're well into that. I was like, hey, we're yeah, getting, yeah. we got to get ready for 31st century. Sure. So yeah, that that's really that support and and awesome. just doing what you're doing. So. Thank you so much for that question. It's wonderful. And here's maybe another one that I thought of that I'm going to put you on the spot is, okay. who would you recommend also to be a guest on this podcast? Oh, I, I, I mean, I looked through your, your TikTok and in, in um, your videos and saw who you had. Um, I think um, Mrs. Chang. I think she's she's awesome. Have you have you seen her? I have not. Oh, you got you got you got to find her on TikTok. She has okay. like a million followers. Okay, you um, got to send me you got to send me that DM with her. I will. And, and it's out in the air now, so I'm gonna make sure hey. I cut this piece and we'll yep. tag, and then that way we can make sure we yeah, get them on she's the show. Awesome, awesome, mm -hmm. awesome. Yep. Well, thank you so much, Ashley. It has been an honor. It's been a pleasure. And just meeting like-minded educators yeah. that are really trying to make things better for the education landscape. And I thank you for that. You continue doing what you're doing because we definitely need more leaders such as yourself. And uh, the fact that you as a leader are not only creating followers, but that you yourself through your practice are also creating leaders and hopefully we'll have other admin also that will definitely be learning from you as well. And to all our audience members, as always, thank you so much for all of your support. I want to thank Amanda, Liliana, Sherry, and everybody who joined us live today with your comments. I appreciate you all from the bottom of my heart. Also, please make sure that you visit our website at myedtech.life, myedtech.life, where you can go ahead and check out all well, this episode and all our previous episodes and guests. So you can go ahead and enjoy that for your listening pleasure and get some gems from what they share because the, these are passionate individuals that you can take just one of those little gems and sprinkle it onto your practice and just create some magic. Also, you can go ahead and stop by our store where we've got some new merch. We've got some new hats here. All right. And you can go ahead and purchase that. Here you go. Connect, learn, and inspire. All right. So make sure you check that out so you can continue to support our mission to bring you the best of the best shows, to continue to amplify educator voices, creator voices, and just to continue to push the education needle forward. Make sure you subscribe to our channels, follow us on all socials at myatech.life, or actually at myatechlife. Sorry about that. And as always, from the bottom of my heart, thank you, Ashley. Thank you so much. Make sure you follow Ashley. All her socials will be on this episode show notes as well. So until next time, my friends, don't forget as always, Stay techie.